When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to This Week in FCPA, the 300th edition. This is our final podcast of This Week in FCPA. This week is a special podcast as we are joined by some very special guests, Candace Tao, Lisa Bethlantini Walker, Joe Orngel, and Tedra Foster drop by to talk about This Week in FCPA, the evolution of compliance as they've seen it over the past six plus years their careers and how their professional careers have evolved. It's a great party for our final episode. Jay and I talk about some of the highlights for us in terms of episodes, in terms of Jay's daughters participating in the podcast, and what we've learned together over this past six years plus run of This Week in FCPA. I wanted to thank all of our listeners uh, over the years And I hope that you will continue to listen in on the Compliance Podcast Network for new podcasts that we will be developing. This is Tom Fox signing off on episode 300 of This Week in FCPA. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox along with Jay Rosen, Mr. Monitors himself for episode 300, the All Good Things edition. We're both melancholy and in a party mode. Why? Well, because it's episode 300. Uh, We're a little melancholy because this is our last episode. Yes, the run is at its end this week in FCPA. This is our final episode. We're not quite sure what's going to happen today. Uh, We've invited several of our friends to join us, and they may or may not. Uh, We're going to talk about some of our favorite shows some of the highlights uh, over the years, and uh, we are, as always, taking questions from our listeners. So if you uh, have anything you want to throw at me and Jay, uh, and you happen to be on LinkedIn, I will be able to see it in the chat function. Just do that right now while we're up. Okay, we are live on LinkedIn as well. Jay, what do you have for our audience? Oh, it looks like uh, Lisa Beth Lentini Walker is uh, private chatting me. Do you see her on your thing, Tom? Let's see. There she is. Oh, and we have our English friend, Candace Tao. Ladies, Lisa Beth, welcome. Candace, welcome. Hello, hello. Hello, how are you doing? We're doing, we're both happy and melancholy because we're happy it's our 300th episode and we're melancholy because it's our last episode. So we're, and we're happy. ecstatic that guests stopped by to party with us. So That's thanks right. for joining. So roses are red, violets are blue. I'm not sure what I am. So there. <laughs> You're happy and a, a little yeah. melancholy too, huh? <laughs> exactly. 
So uh, thanks so much for you guys joining us. And uh, what we thought we might do is just kind of ask you all, what have you enjoyed uh, over the years? I know, Candace, you enjoy it when we give a shout out to you. So I know that's why you enjoy it. But uh, and uh, Lisa Beth, we've been able to talk about your book uh, a little bit and the work that you guys do. So, uh, Candace, why don't you uh, tell us uh, what you're currently up to and uh, how Infertile is growing, growing, growing? Yes, that's right. We're definitely growing rapidly. We uh, doubled in size last year, which was uh, awesome and wonderful. Um, lots of new happenings on our end. New hires, new senior investigators, the director of global compliance and investigations, and uh, all kinds of exciting things. Onboarding new clients, always fun for us. And, um, and new service offerings coming up in the future. <laughs> So well, that's really exciting. I hope we can talk about that in some other forum. And Lisa Beth, uh, do you have anything new or are you just continuing your great work? You know, we are doing a lot of fun things. I'm happy to say we have amazing clients. Um, and it's one of the, the the times in my life where I feel like I can say I really enjoy everything that I'm working on right now and everyone I'm working with. Um, so it's a good, it's a good time to be alive. And I have to say, I have enjoyed your work and what you guys have been doing with this week in FCBA compliance. So, um, you've had so many good episodes. It's like picking a favorite child. Which one is my favorite? Uh, I don't know that I can say, but, um, I will say that you've had some really, uh, very interesting ones lately. So congratulations on 300. So, yes, uh, we all love our children the same, uh, but some of us who are the oldest son and oldest grandchild, well, you know what that means. So I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But, uh, Jay, anything from you? Um, it's just been interesting. I've gone through the last uh, five, six years, and I've seen my daughters grow up. There was one episode when they joined us for the uh, 100th episode, and Tom said, well, why don't you have Millie and Michaela introduce you? So this is, they were, uh, this is six years ago, so they were eight years old, and Michaela says, Millie, do you know what FCPA stands for? And she goes, sure do, Millie. It stands for Fake Cat Pac-Man Actors. And Millie said, I, I don't think you're quite right on that, Michaela. So uh, they did that. Uh, at one point, I was in the witness protection program, and I was coming from an undisclosed location in Orange County as we were in corporate housing. So I've seen, for some reason, Tom Fox's hair is always jet black. And mine has salt and pepper. Sometimes I have a beard. Sometimes I have a triple chin. So I've seen all the different looks. But it's uh, really interesting. I think we we're in, on this topic in a very interesting time. And if you look at the charts that they put out, 2016 when we started was uh, when FCPA fines were almost at their apex. Then they dropped a little over the Trump administration, but then they popped back up again in 2019. So we've seen guidances come and go. We've seen Wei Chen. And I just think... Um, the the area is just much more populated by experts and people who know this. And now we're starting to even see things transition 
bring in some TLAs, some three-letter acronyms to DEI and ESG. And there are so many things that we talk about each week on a basis, on a weekly basis, Tom, that I just think it's been amazing how the sector has changed in the last six years. That's a great point, Jay. And both Lisa Beth and Candace, uh, we have all been in this uh, profession for some time, and we've all seen the evolution. And Candace, certainly the evolution I've seen in in not only your business, but what you've been asked to do. Uh, the interesting thing about you for me is things you were talking about 10 years ago, people are finally figuring out, you know, we need to be doing those things. And uh, many times I thought you were kind of often in the corner just or in the forest shouting and no one's listening. But all of those things you said about background checks, all of those things you said about character matters, all of those things that you said about, you know, you have to take a deep dive. If you're going to put someone in a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company, you have to understand what you're getting. It doesn't mean you have to say no, but you really need to know what you're going to get. And you were saying that at least in our space before anybody else was. And uh, now uh, that's almost routine, or at least uh, I think it's a lot more prevalent. So kind of how have you seen that evolution, Candace? Well, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great question, Tom, because we've always known that you can um, do due diligence on executives and companies globally. It's been something that investigators have been doing for decades. Um, and how you apply that to different regulatory situations makes a huge difference to the, particularly to outcomes, as you know, um, fines and penalties and uh, company da uh, reputational damage to companies and corporations, issues that can protect the board of directors that could be found out easily, um, that companies have not really seemed to be really truly in tune with in the last, until maybe in the last five years, that has been available to them for many, many years beyond that. And I think the DOJ and SEC investigations are starting to highlight and underscore how important due diligence is, in addition to legal due diligence and financial due diligence, because it's always the human beings that actually cause the problems for companies, not just the procedures and, and processes that they have in place. So um, I think that it's shaped and become much more um, uh, available. People understand more about what they can do, especially in the compliance and risk management fields. Whereas previously, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was really more um, investigations and security departments that looked at those things. So it's really driven it into the foreground. And I think that's fantastic because companies, you know, it's all about how do you protect your profits, right? A lot of people think, oh, it's, um, it's a loss center in business, but actually it's a profit protection center for, for large corporations. So Lisa Beth, you started MentorCore. I can't remember if you started it pre-pandemic or during the pandemic, but whichever it was, you were you were one of the first people that started, in my mind, talking about, let's talk about health. Let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about compliance officers and compliance professionals and chief compliance officers and the pressures they're under. 
you've um, continued to talk about that. Now others talk about it, but in my mind, you were really a leader in starting and leading that discussion. How have you seen that part of, of what you do evolve? Wow, it's a great question. Um, so I am thrilled that I am currently the well-being editor over at um, Corporate Compliance Insights. So um, the uh, the publication that Sarah Haddon and, and crew run, um, I'm really excited to have that platform. I think that there has been so much more awareness as we've navigated the pandemic, but I think that we still have a long way to go. I see a lot more people speaking about it, um, but I do think that we really need to find ways to create structures, not just platitudes for people. And like Candace mentioned, People are the largest surface area for potential threats, for potential um, mis, uh, you know, mis, mis, misdeeds and a whole host of other things. And we know that people are under stress and pressure. We've seen what happens when society is put into kind of a vacuum and uh, there's this great sucking sound as everybody starts deflating. Um, so I think that we're going to see more of this and hopefully there will be continued focus on how we can do well, well, being well is going to be something that we keep as part of the narrative going forward. We're already seeing more hybrid workplaces and everything like that. That doesn't solve structural problems, but it makes their there's an opportunity there to be able to at least alleviate some of the immediate stress and then talk about, well, how do we make it better from here? I really like the way you open that, which is we have to get beyond platitudes. And of course, without asking any personal information, do you, do you hear or see safe places for compliance professionals to have those conversations, whether it's reaching out to a colleague or, um, going somewhere for professional help. Do you see that? I, I do see some of that emerging, particularly with, um, you know, groups like the Compliance Career Connections and the willingness of so many people like uh, you, Tom, Jay, Candace, um, and everyone else who is so giving of their time and energy. I do think that Part of this is going to be how do we make it better systemically? Mm. So, Jay, we have a new guest. Yes, we'd like to invite our friend from Northern California, Tedra Foster, to join us. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Great. Congrats. I, I often speak of you both as the oracles of all things ethics and compliance, much like uh, Warren Buffett is the oracle of Omaha. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think I've ever been called an oracle, but I'll certainly take it. <laughs> So that, that really, uh, I think, tries uh, without perhaps the oracle part, but with the other thoughts that we really have tried to bring kind of a weekly wrap-up. And Jay talked about the evolution of what we have uh, talked about over the years 
And one of the things that struck me is when we started off, it was almost tactical with a news report. And then we expanded out to really a wide variety of topics, uh, behavioral psychology, obviously ESG, and many other things that touched upon a compliance program in ways six years ago uh, they weren't seen as. And certainly beyond that. So it's been a, a great evolution and experience for me to look back over the past few years and and read about some of the stories we looked at. Obviously, the FCPA stories were uh, front and center for what we talked about. But we talked about a, a much wider remit of things. And um, so what I wanted to do for the, my next part was talk about some of the episodes that had the largest audience uh, and some of the stories, and you'll see this evolution. So believe it or not, um, looks like our top episode, we didn't even have a title way back then. It was just <laughs> episode 56, and it was from June uh, 2017, and we had nearly 6,000 downloads on that episode. And that was when the Kokesh case was decided by the U.S. Supreme Court around profit disgorgement of um, uh, and SEC enforcement actions. And the Supreme Court said you can only go back five years. Uh, next up, as Jay previously mentioned, was Wei Chen uh, leaving uh, the Department of Justice. It turns out the same week, Andrew Weissman left uh, as the head of the fraud section and went to the special counsel's office. We had a former general counsel from Petro Tiger, uh, Gregory Wiseman, banned from the SEC practice. And uh, our next uh, episode was uh, from opening day 20, 2018 with nearly uh, 5,700 downloads. We had an FCPA enforcement action. Canada finally had a deferred prosecution agreement. We looked at um, the Caremark decision as it was currently evolving. And turns out that was the week that I uh, started the Innovation and Compliance podcast, which I had completely forgotten. Episode 88 was the birthday edition. It was my mother's birthday, not my birthday. Uh, in early February of 2018, uh, we discussed um, the thing that struck me is one of the commentators we've had uh, cited to a lot is Jeff Kaplan. And he's got the conflict of interest blog, but it's much broader than that. And he talked about uh, reviewing the Wells Fargo scandal from a conflict of interest perspective. Um, we looked at uh, a fellow who's unfortunately not in compliance anymore, uh, Ben DiPietro. Ben was uh, one of the original Wall Street Journal risk and compliance journal reporters and a uh, crusty old guy, and uh, he wrote some great stories that we talked about over the years. Uh, of course, we've talked about Elon Musk, but we've talked about him for a long time. And back in May of 2021, with an episode with nearly 5,000 downloads, we looked at his shenanigans around Bitcoin at that time. It was uh, long before Tesla, or excuse me, long before Twitter or anything. Once again, Jeff Kaplan talked about the moral hazard gap. Uh, we began to talk about diversity and inclusion. Um, we talked about what a CCO's most important resource is, and surprisingly enough, we found it to be their customers. So uh, lots of different things, different ways to look at things. And then finally on the top five, and this was the first episode where we had a guest. Uh, Jay and I had Pamela Fierst 
uh, on, and uh, I met her at a conference, and uh, she came on the show, and she was great. Uh, she worked in conflict minerals at the State Department and was just a fabulous uh, person to join and gave us some great insights from a perspective that neither Jay nor I had. Um, so it was the first time we did that, and, and we've had several guests uh, since then. So, Jay, what were some of the uh, the things that stuck out or struck out to you? Well, I, I kind of did a similar exercise to you, Tom, and I looked at every 50 episodes. So it's interesting how people come in and out of the story uh when we did our first podcast on april 22nd 2016 uh i was still in the translation business so before mr monitor there was mr translations and at that time the company i was working for got bought by private equity and uh became the united language group so uh that first episode we only had a top three stories and then we talked a lot and uh as things have progressed, now we do the top 10 because there's the variety of all these different pursuits that we have now with ESG, with the uh, different things, uh, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Then we went in as Tom started to build his his uh, compliance podcast network. We had podcasts that we could talk about. So we do the top 10 and then something that was of interest to Tom. And then it began to grow uh, uh, you were doing pods with uh, Matt Kelly into the weeds. You created the Compliance Life podcast every week for a month. We looked at different compliance officers and what was their journey to the CCO suite. Then we started talking about Marvel and doing things with the MCU. So I think what's interesting about Tom is he just has this curiosity that's never satisfied. And if he wants to learn about the cookie lady in Texas, he goes to interview the cookie lady in tennis in Texas. And uh, I think where this podcast went was where Tom was interested. And it was much more than just a couple guys rehashing news that we we talked about sports. We talked about Zion Williams shoe blowing out and the player now two and a half years later is uh, a shell of who he was when he was a collegiate athlete. So the, a lot of times we managed to find things that dealt with sports or dealt with movies, but it was always changing. And uh, as we got into the, the last two years, not only was it always changing, but we had different people that we heard from, friends of the podcast, reporters like Dylan Toker, and then one of the... Uh, episodes I was looking at was Sam Rubenfeld getting out of the Wall Street Journal. And I believe he just came back in recently with another media outlet. So when we say that so-and-so is a friend of the podcast, we're not pontificating. We've made great friends all along the while. And then when I read about different companies that were in trouble and I go, oh, I know that CCO, that's where so-and-so worked. So it is a very small community here. Uh, we support each other, um, you know, just like Lisa Beth and Candace said with uh, the career compliance uh, thing that we've done. We've been able to make friends all over the world, meeting on a monthly basis. And uh, we've got another one coming up in a couple weeks on the 24th. So uh, even though there will no longer be uh, this week in FCPA, Please look for us out on LinkedIn and in the blogosphere and 
Tom, what are you going to do with this extra hour that you have uh, every week? What's How are you going to fill it? So I'm probably going to go see the cookie lady and buy more brownies. <laughs> uh, it would be a, probably a pretty good start. But, but Jay brings up a great point, and, and this is what I want to ask our guests about. Uh, one of the things that struck me, uh, so I, I came to compliance out of the corporate legal department, and one of the things that struck me when I moved into compliance was that there really is a sense of community. And uh, you can, if you have a question or you have a problem, you can pick up the phone and literally call anyone. Sometimes you can put a question out on LinkedIn or Twitter, and you're going to get somebody Number one, who has gone through that, but number two, they're probably willing to share their response. And I'm not going to give away confidential information or anything like that, but uh, one, there are no trade secrets in compliance, but two, there are lots of different situations about how you apply uh, a compliance program. And it just struck me that this community is very different than a corporate legal community literally across the globe or across America, and they do support each other. And and you guys, our guests, ha have really embodied that um, as well. So I wanted to maybe ask uh, our guests uh, how you see the compliance community as perhaps different than some of the other professional communities you've been with. Uh, and Candice, you want to start? Sure. Well, um, and, and definitely kudos again, Tom and Jay, for your 300th episode. I think it's fantastic. And your breadth is of, and depth of analysis has been fantastic extremely helpful. So compared to other organizations I'm in, um, most of them are very close to the chest, don't share a lot of information. Um, my business uh, spans the human resources and security industries, as well as legal and uh, uh, entrepreneurship communities of entrepreneurship and trusted advisors. So um, I think this is one of the most unique um, communities because people are mostly friendly. I would say the vast majority of people um, at every level, which is really impressive. And I'm not just saying that, I really see it. Um, you know, career compliance connection, compliance career connection, connection, sorry, it's a mouthful. <laughs> um, you, just say CDC. For the people who know what it was, I just messed that up really well. <laughs> but, but it's a fantastic community of compliance professionals. You really don't see that. You definitely don't see that in the security industry. Absolutely not. And even in the HR world, uh, I haven't seen as much of that. So I've been super impressed. Um, and not only with people sharing their experiences, but being supportive of one another professionally. So I'm a big <laughs> Yeah, I am. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, give a little quote by the Lorax, because in the Lorax, they said, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's just not. And I think that what we have in the compliance community is a community of caring first, because what we are trying to do is change the world for the better. And once you're aligned around that, then those boundaries and barriers tend to disappear in positive ways, not in negative ways, in really positive ways. I think that when you start from a position of caring and nurturing the professionals within a community, you end up with superior outcomes. And I think that 
you know, compliance is trying to uh, see the world differently by being different in the world. Edra? I would have to add that our ability to share so openly really makes us stronger. There have been many times in my career, whether I'm looking to build an investigation program or a third-party program, I'm trying to find out which are the best vendors, who are, well, who are the best resources, where can I gain knowledge from somebody who's already been down that road. I totally agree with you, Tom. You know, we have an environment where people tend to work together. There are no trade secrets. There's nothing everyone tries to hold close. We really do uh, like to share. So I think that is very unique to the ethics and compliance world. Jay, over to you. So I'd like to kind of swing this back towards uh, prognostication now. And if we were going to get together in 52 more weeks for episode 352, which doesn't exist, um, where do you see the world going? I mean, we have changed so much in the last two years. I remember when the pandemic started. First of all, we didn't even know how to say COVID-19 or any of that stuff. And Tom I put together some specific webcast to deal with how you deal with running your business in the pandemic. And then we started talking about uh, the great talent drain and how people were leaving corporations and leaving companies and working from home. And now, unfortunately, we have a tragedy that's unfolding out in Ukraine. We have, I saw a $350 million ship was taken in Fiji today. So with all this stuff, how we're impacted by world, by, by the news and the world today, where do the three of you experts see us going if we came back in 52 weeks? What would be the headline of that episode? We'll be back with that answer right after this message from our sponsor. I think we would be looking a lot more at how uh, artificial intelligence influences everything from uh, so media to how we conduct our business. A lot more you um, looking at how it is used positively and negatively. Also looking at governments and their alliances, uh, how money is moving through various um, various governments and how we're supporting those who are allies to us. Um, I don't, I would hope that the Ukrainian war would be over by that time, um, as well as COVID. You know, I think we would all look at how we're operating in post-pandemic world with people fleeing for certain types of luxuries that they care about that are more important to them than being having a corner office or a title. So I think those are some of the things, artificial intelligence, how we're interacting with various governments and how we're looking at people shifting as their values change to what's important to them. That's great. Lisa Beth, how about you? I think that we are going to be starting an era of accountability. I think a lot has happened. There were, you know, controls which were put in place, which were kind of bubblegum and duct tape for a very long period of time. And I think we are going to end up with an uptick in enforcement uh, because I think that 
many organizations and individuals are going to start being held accountable for things that happened uh, during a time of stress and strain. And I think that's going to happen across nations as well. Um, so I think we're moving into a different era where there's going to be challenges to values and uh, organizations, governments, et cetera, will have to decide where they sit as we are in this rapidly evolving world. I think it's gonna be really interesting. And check back with me in 365 days. <laughs> Candace? Uh, organizations, governments, et cetera, will have to decide where they sit as we are in this rapidly evolving world. I think it's going to be really interesting. And check back in 65 days. <laughs> so, um, Lisa Beth, your Dr. Seuss reference was so inspirational. Joe Orengel has joined us based upon your Lorax comment. So, Joe, first of all, uh, welcome. And, Joe, here's the question I want to pose to you. We asked a little bit earlier to our guest. You've been in this space or a tangential space for quite some time. You've been talking about the visualization of data as long as anyone I know. Uh, and even this year, I've heard people say, wow, the latest thing is visualizing data. Um, where do you see or how have you seen the evolution of what you have been trying to bring to internal audit boards of directors and the compliance community around um, visualization of data? I, I guess, Tom, the, the words that I, I heard from the, the sales guys 10 plus years ago about the technology was, was all about the democratization of data that data would be more accessible and the tools would be easier to use. And that was their vision. So here we are 10 years later and you, you know me, Kim is my far more technical co-founder and partner in this business. And when we began work, um, I was the guy drawing the Venn diagrams and he was the guy coding. And now I'm coding too. It's not because I've gotten smarter. It's because the, the tools have gotten easier. And I guess the, the way that, that I see data visualization kind of evolving, particularly in the, uh, in the compliance space and, and in the audit and finance world as well, is that these are general purpose tools. Um, if you, you want to get your, your fingers dirty, by all means, everybody on this call has more than enough technical expertise to be pretty good at it. And um, if it's not your jam, that's okay. Then you, you find a bright, a bright, shiny young person. I think you had one of those on your podcast last month. And you find a, a bright, shiny college student or college grad that wants to learn about compliance and wants to learn about finance and, and you kind of take this on together using their data skills. So Lisa Beth, I think uh, you really hit a, a big part of why I absolutely love this work. And you talked about how much you love what you're doing uh, as we were getting started. Uh, so when I moved from legal to compliance, it struck me that uh, I was a part of something much bigger. 
And back then it was called FCPA compliance. It was in 07 or 06, somewhere around there. Uh, and I realized that this was not just a U.S. problem. This is not an FCPA problem. This is a worldwide problem. And I felt like every day, every time I did something, I was moving the ball forward. It could have been writing a blog. It could have been answering an email. It could have been uh, answering a call. It could have been co collaborating with a colleague. And that has really stayed with me since then. And every time I start to feel sorry for myself, I thought, well, wait a minute. This is the first time I felt like I've had the chance to really move the ball forward. And, and I owe it to that fight to give my best effort. And that's something I never had in my professional career. So I really feel like uh, I'm doing some good. I feel like I've done some good. And I feel like I'm going to continue uh, as we all have evolved uh, in our individual practices and our individual professions, uh, literally as widely as Candace in security and background, Joe in internal audit, uh, you and Tedra in compliance, Jay as a recovering screenwriter, bringing that talent, uh, and me pontificating. So uh, it's been just a, a great ride. Um, I think we're probably going to wrap up, and uh, we'll probably ask you guys if you could give us kind of some final words uh, for this episode. And uh, I guess we'll take the same order, Candace, Lisa Beth, Tedra, and then Joe, and then uh, me, and then we'll let Jay take us home because that's what Jay does. <laughs> well, oh, Candace. Tom and Jay, congratulations. I think you've done an amazing job but in the Compliance Podcast Network in general, but specifically this week in FCPA. Compliance, I think it's just been extremely uh, and fundamentally helpful to people across all of these different disciplines. And um, the, the breadth of, and scope that you cover from ESG to, and climate change to you know, ethics and compliance to due diligence to internal audit, internal controls, it's just been phenomenal. And I think that this is, you deserve medals, never mind just a celebration. And so if this is the, the party to celebrate, <laughs> we should break out the margaritas, definitely. Um, I think this has been uh, an amazing accomplishment and I'm super proud of um, being part of that. And thank you for inviting all of these different guests and myriads of people that have been involved to bring this home and make it personal for uh, compliance folks everywhere in the, on the, in the world. How many times do you get to do that in life? I think it's fantastic. Congratulations again. Thank you. Thanks. And I will echo Candace. Uh, it's always tough to follow Candace uh, to start with, but I will say I am so proud of what you have done and brought to this community. It's really just mind blowing that for the last six years, you have been bringing people together every week uh, and making everyone understand that this is a profession. It's partially a lifestyle. Um, it's, it's choices about how you decide to navigate the world. And you have brought so uh, light to so many voices and to so many different challenges that we are facing together, more united, because both of you were here to help us find that path forward. So thank you and congratulations. And I'll pass it over to Tedra. 
I just want to say thank you for sharing your gifts. What you've done is made our world a little bit easier to navigate, and you've helped spread knowledge and insight that we really wouldn't get. So I really appreciate everything you've done. And Jay, I won't even say how long ago we met at a SCCE volunteer event where we were sweeping up weeds, but you have been more than uh, a a colleague or just someone I know in this industry, you were one of the first people I reached out to when I was ready to leave my warm, safe nest. And I asked you, do you think I could do this job? <laughs> when I went on to a, a nonprofit and uh, really and left uh, the biotech that I was at and kind of jumped out on my own. And I still, you know, see you um, from here, here and there, and I'm just grateful that I know you and I appreciate everything you've done, and both you and Tom. So thank you so much. Thank you, Tedra. Joe. Wow! Um, congrats. Uh, 300 is a lot of podcasts. I, I confess, I don't think I've listened to all of them. But uh, <laughs> many, and uh, they 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 make me better. And I've I've certainly appreciated these specifically, and the the broader ones on the the compliance network. Um, the the thing I think about again, what I'm a data guy, and we turn spreadsheets into pictures, and we do it for finance, and we do it for higher ed, and we do it for nonprofits. But but I've always enjoyed our work with you, Tom, and and Jay in the in the FCPA space. Because you all are asking and answering more important and more consequential questions. And instead of you know, going to the file and pulling 20 pieces of paper and saying, you know, what do these 20 say? Um, with data, we can look at all of them. And, and we like working with, with people who get to ask and answer interesting questions and Boy, the the things that that I've learned in in terms of what makes a a violation and you know DOJ, SEC, etc. You you get to do great and uh, and interesting and meaningful work, and uh, it's been fun as well. So great to to be a part here today. Thank you. So for me, uh, I think having you guys on here has really encapsulated what this experience has been, which is this really is not just a community that cares, but community that you can pick up the phone and call anybody and uh, you can get an answer. And if they don't know the answer, they know somebody who knows somebody who knows the answer and they'll make that intro. And the number of virtual introductions I've received and given, I can't even begin to count, uh, but literally uh, across the U.S. and indeed across the world. Uh, the other thing I've learned is Jay Rosen is the ultimate New England homer. Um, and, uh, in spite of the fact that the Patriots were caught cheating at least three times, he does not hear any of that ever. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's funny how that works. Uh, not that Houston Everett's had those issues, but, um, you know, the Yankees cheated and they didn't get to the world series. So, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to, to watch uh, and really read people who are out there commentating in our space. And this experience has 
caused me to to learn a lot more simply because I've been forced to read articles uh, for this podcast every week. So uh, that's been uh, a lot of fun. I wanted to thank Jay for doing this with me. Uh, yet again, we've had a great ride. So Jay, what are your uh, final remarks as the fat lady is warming up to sing? Uh, I, I still won't know what to do with myself next Wednesday. I'll be saying, Tom, what are the stories we're going to do? What are the stories I need to prep? So uh, if I make it through next week, I, I think I'll be okay, but it'll be baby steps. But uh, I guess what I'm supposed to do is bring this home. So on behalf of Tom Fox, the compliance evangelist, if you need an introduction or you need to talk to him, you can reach out to him at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. And I am the split person here. Mr. Translations, who became Mr. Monitors, and you can reach me at the initial J-R-O-S-E-N at affiliatedmonitors.com. We'd like to thank you for you being you and joining us for some time that you have either this weekend or over the Mother's Day weekend. Uh, We hope you'll have a listen and enjoy us. And remember that 300 episodes are all available on this amazing new device called the Internet. So just search Tom Fox, Houston Homer, FCPA, and you'll find it. But seriously, uh, Tom, you picked up the phone about six years ago and you called me and you said, hey, Jay, we're going to do this weekly podcast called This Week in FCPA. And I said, yes, sir. And then I basically treaded water for the first year because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just asking a lot of questions and trying to appear not too dumb. And now they say a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous, and that's the gray hair that's dangerous. But uh, everything that I've done in ethics and compliance, I think a lot of it uh, is the confidence and the opportunity that you gave me, Tom. The first time we met was at Compliance Week in 2010. We were just talking about that a couple weeks ago with Matt. And, um, you know, since we met each other, we have a love for sports, we have a love for FCPA, and we have a love for helping people in our community. So thank you so much for joining us. This has been episode 300 for the week ending May 5th, 2022, the 300th show edition. Thanks for joining us and have a great weekend. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in FCPA. I hope you will check out my five-part podcast series, Taxman, on the intersection of tax and compliance. It's an area that is rarely discussed in compliance, and it turns out there's quite a bit of intersection and overlap between tax and compliance. So check it out, Taxman, on the intersection of tax and compliance with Tracy Howell on the Innovation and Compliance podcast series on the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you will join Jay and I again next week for another episode of This Week in FCPA. Jay can be reached at jrosen at affiliatedmonitors.com. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Finally, if you've not done so, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It would help our ratings and help get the message out about the only weekly wrap-up of items in compliance this week in FCPA. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.